Hey everybody, welcome back to You Got It Dude. I'm Dina. And I'm Whitney. What's going on, dudettes? Today, we'll be reviewing Winning London, or as I in my head call this, London Calling, which it's not. <laughs> so, a throwback to last week, sometimes I, well, when I listen to the podcast, because spoiler alert, Whitney edits the podcast, and so I'll listen to it. And when we were talking, I really thought um, when in Rome should have been called Rome if you want to. Agreed completely. So how are you? (sighs) I'm doing well, Dina. Life is a life is but a dream, right? How's your weather? Dude, the weather is so nice. It's beautiful. It's sunny. It is 70 degrees. I've I tried to take a nice long walk at lunch today, but I was so stressed out about work that I couldn't fucking focus on my walk. How are you doing? Good. Yesterday, Drew had was home, so we were doing a lot of yard work, and we got the gardening, so I'm, like, really setting up a zen space for myself. Oh, my gosh. I'm so jealous. Um, I put the hammock under the pergola patio thing, whatever you call it, awning, um, so I got a nice little shady spot to, you know, never read out there, so pretty excited about it. First of all, that sounds beautiful. And I am so jealous. (laughs) Second of all, Ved's brother has been lugging over to our house, to our backyard, just tons of cacti that he has. Yes. So I posted about it on my Instagram, which if you're not following me on Instagram, you are missing out. um, You are. She'll make you feel dumb with all the books she reads, though. (laughs) That's, That's my goal. But basically, they're huge. Some of these are like really like big. And we have, (laughs) this is my only worry, because this is, you know, I I always take a good thing and make it terrible with my anxiety. Of course. Obviously, because who who doesn't? But we have like a toddler neighbor, maybe he's like three or four. And I'm just like, I just picture him coming over and just face planting into these things. Oh, well, that's just, that's just pure Darwinism. He's going to (laughs) learn. But are you planting them in the ground or in pots so you can take them with you? In pots, because we're just, we're basically just shepherding these things, just fostering them until Mm. which time Dennis decides to, you know, what he's going to do next with them. But we're just, we're giving them access to like the sun because he had them just like in his condo. Yeah, I was going to say, so I've actually been to this Dennis Figures (laughs) condo and I was, the amount, the sheer amount of plants, I was like, how, how was he housing all these it was incredible, Dina. I can't even, I don't want to get into too much of this on the podcast, but it was really incredible. He had like basically big bookcases. I mean, he looked like he was selling plants. He looked like he was selling cacti. He has a grow and, house of literally, just cactuses. Literally. And then he had LED lights focused on them. So when you would drive by the condo, the entire condo building, you could immediately tell which one was Dennis because he had like very, very like bright different colored lights in his condo than anybody else did. (laughs) So that's so funny. I really liked that. I was looking today into the like Zoe Deschanel let us grow thing that she the company she owns. Mm -hmm. And those things are like four to seven hundred dollars. Yeah, I know. That's insane, but I want one. I know, me too. Because <laughs> right now, it's like I'm trying to grow herbs in our garden, and it's so hard. I know. But we got our first batch of tomatoes coming in. Ooh, I'm jealous. Homegrown tomatoes. Mm-hmm, and a lot of peppers. And all the herbs are dying except for rosemary. Rosemary is legit, though. I'm excited to use it fresh. And I'm excited to have cilantro and put it on all the food so my brother can't steal it because he hates it. Does it taste like soap to him? No, him and my mom have a more extreme reaction where it's like dirt or like something really gross. Oh, weird. I have a slight soap taste sometimes with it, but I don't mind it. Me too. But like my mom complains about it so much and I'm like, yeah, people know. People know you don't like it. And then she like (laughs) always goes on this like huge explanation about how it's genetic and I'm like, yeah, we know. We just don't need to hear every time. You could just say, like, no, thank you. <laughs> a simple no thank you would do. Yeah. That's fantastic. So winning London. I liked it. I I'd never it. seen it. Oh, really? Oh, my God. Yeah. I have vivid memories of watching this on, like, the Fox Family Channel when I was a teen. I love this movie. I love the United Nations angle. I love this one really. It's like a true tour around London. 
Yeah, I was going to say this one is like really good. Have you been, you've been to London, right? I have. I, I wouldn't say that I saw like the sights, you know, I, I mostly just went partying there. <laughs> I would say this is the most iconic movie cover. Definitely. I love this movie cover. I love, I know that we'll get into fashion soon, but these plaid pants that I the personally. The tie-dye pants. Yes, too. dude. And, the, and then like the bucket hats. Ugh, the skinny scarves a la Jennifer Love Hewitt in her iconic video. Um, <laughs> nobody, okay, nobody probably thinks that's iconic except for me. But she she is in a, a video for the song Bare Naked, which is a moment in, in time. So I watched the movie this morning um, with my sidekick assistant, Mo. <laughs> and um, I forgot to write a synopsis. Um, so I'm just going to wing it. I love that. First of all, did Mo enjoy the movie? You know, he stayed the whole time, which is really all we can hope. But there were points of snoring. <laughs> so Damn it, Olsen twins. Entertain Mo. I know. So let's see. So we got two twins mm-hmm. named Riley and Chloe, but not to be mixed up with the Riley and Chloe of so little time because it is switched where Mary-Kate is Chloe and Ashley is Riley. Fucking insane. Yeah. And Chloe, Mary-Kate, is involved in her high school's Model UN. And apparently she does such a good job that they're like, we got to send you to the international competition, even though the rest of your team sucks. It's kind of like very Little Giants, Icebox is great. Yeah. And the rest of the team is just haphazard. So on the team, there's nerdy redhead guy, cool redhead girl, (laughs) football guy, and then this other guy can't go because his sister's getting married. So the twin sister's like, oh, I'll take a free trip to London. What? Yeah, seems to make sense. So they're in London within like five minutes of the movie. Yeah. They get to the hotel, and of course, Chloe meets a very good looking guy in the lobby who also happens to be there in the UN. They get to the opening ceremonies. And tragedy strikes where they meet another team from Brazil that also happens to be representing China. High stakes. High stakes here. They're in deep negotiations because that's what the people tell them they have to do to work it through a la what would really happen between nations. And Riley gets a deal where they will give up China in exchange for these people's huge hotel suite because obviously they couldn't film in just a normal hotel room. So this was a key part of the story. (laughs) So they actually get chosen for London and which is or England or Great Britain, really confusing. And so they decide, well, since we're here, let's just study what we're doing or where we are. So they go all around London and like of course, Chloe's new love interest, this like lord guy, is like all about it being their tour guide. Riley's with the football player who's like a family friend who she's had a crush on forever. Love strikes. And then the Lord's dad's like super mad that he's with this American girl because that's just like a trash can of a nation, you know, (laughs) as we all know. And Chloe gets in trouble because basically she'll do anything to win. And they actually do some like really strange things to win points. The dad at the end tries to get Chloe kidnapped or like, I don't know what his plan was, but he sends a letter on his son's behalf and like forges his signature that like Chloe needs to meet him so that she won't be at the final ceremonies. And he finds out and runs and gets her just in time to see Riley give the final winning speech and they win the entire thing. And then they all fall in love. The end. (laughs) Such a good summary. Love that the British guy's dad, who's the Lord, just like had really no plan, or at least it wasn't very clear what his plan was. He sent her like a fake letter to like, I guess, yeah. take her away. Loved that part. All in all, this is a great, a great movie. Again, we have this this common issue with the kind of weird interstitials, which I'm guessing now that you've put in my head, Dina, have to do with the fact that they can't, they don't allow cameras inside a lot of the, <laughs> the places. So it's like a lot of like weird camera work and kind of like, like voiceovers. Yeah. It's very strange, but I enjoyed it. One of the funny things is like when they're like deciding the nation, what nation they're going to be. And they're like, well, guys, I got you England, which I guess they're not supposed to do like the host nation. Right. Which would make sense because obviously they clearly had an advantage by being able to go around London. Yeah. But they're like, it was either between that or the Republic of Chad. And they're all like, 
thank God. And I was like, that's super weird. I mean, sure, my only issue with it is that, you know, has there ever been a good Chad in the history of the world? No. But the nation has nothing to do with that. That felt weird. I agree completely. God, I went to I went to school with a Chad and a Chaz. Mm. Chad with a D and Chaz with a Z. I'm sure you remember Chaz, maybe? Yeah, I, re- I remember Chaz. I had a late-in-life re-encounter with Chaz. Really? Wait, what? Yeah. He used to come into my Starbucks all the time. Oh, my God. Yeah. Jesus. Well, Chad was psychotic. I'm not going to say his last name, but I will say that during our D.A.R.E. program... Wait, was he blonde? Yeah. Okay, I think I know which one you're talking about. And he I, dropped I, out of school, I think, in, like, junior high, maybe. Or he, like, left our school, not dropped out. He was in my eighth-grade science class. Yeah. And I think about it all the time because do you remember Lucas? I don't. It's like this like kind of like Mexican spice that people used to put on stuff. Oh, duh. Yes, of course I remember it. Yes. Yeah. He took a big old swig of it, mixed it with spit and like put it in the trash can and said, I threw up. Can I go home? And I'm like, genius. That sounds about right, yeah. Because <laughs> during our D.A.R.E. program, he, for some reason, somebody brought, like, I don't know what it was, Dina, but it was, like, Chinese glue, if that makes <laughs> sense. Some kind of Chinese glue kit, which was, like, yeah. I remember that it was called Chinese glue, and I remember that it was, like, something really intense. It smelled really intense. And it was during our D.A.R.E. program that he sat there literally huffing this stuff, and then he got kicked out of the D.A.R.E. program, which, by the way, I would think that somebody like that needs D.A.R.E. more than any of us but okay but then also he had to like issue like a public apology where he had to come around to all of our sixth grade classrooms and apologize to us and tell us why what he did was wrong etc why would they kick him out of dare put him in more intensive dare they're like you're a lost cause yeah we're done with you i know but anyway that's that that's the story about chad so i can understand now why they wouldn't want to be a chad Hmm. uh, country i found it really odd that they're supposed to be like sophomores because i wasn't as sophisticated as a sophomore Definitely me neither, dude. Yeah, I can't really imagine. By the way, did we have United Model United Nations at our high school? I think like it was a very minor thing. Okay. I don't know though. But like it kind of rings a bell, but I don't know. Yeah, to me too. I f- I feel like our school just was too big. We had too many people, so this kind of stuff just got lost. Yeah, in the and shuffle. as we've discussed previously, we just had no concept of what was going on beyond our own extracurricular activities. <laughs> Let's see. So we have a couple, a few couples in this. So we yeah. have Chloe and the Lord, which he was so cute. He was so cute. Um, also known as the guy from House, if anybody knows the show. I need House. to watch House. Okay, this guy's in it, Jesse Spencer, and he is hot, hot, hot. And then we have Riley and the football player, who then goes on to play her love interest in so little time. This is fucking crazy. Apparently, they just like didn't want to do stuff and then i was like why didn't they get the nerdy guy from this which i recognized from can't hardly wait and i thought he was in so much more but i looked it up his imdb and he's really not he played the ducky character in not another teen movie oh maybe that was it he wasn't in can't hardly wait it was not another teen movie yeah which he was really great in that movie but i agree he was not in a lot at all which you know justice for that guy (laughs) am i just getting him mixed up with john foster you might be, and to be fair, I think that John Foster might be a better a better choice. But he's great in in uh, not not another teen movie. Yeah, and I was like, why didn't they have him? Like at first, I thought he was gonna play like a very Larry character, a la so little time mm-hmm. to this Chloe character. But no, they apparently redheads can only be together, and so he <laughs> yeah. is with Rachel at, by the end of the movie. I also found it weird how. His character was very uneven. So at yeah. times he was he was filming them and, you know, he had his camera out. But then at other times, like, I found it really weird when they, they, like, made the point that they were getting marked on more than just what they were doing in the Model UN. They were getting marked on, like, behavior and everything like that. And then he starts kind of, like, burping and farting. And I was like, where is this character development coming from? Because yes. it just struck me as a little bit, like out of character and it's very jarring to see but I was like also Americans abroad like haha I get it and then also like I felt really bad for Rachel that they made her like just because she didn't want to feel like a third wheel they had her make out with the guy that farted on her yeah but also guess what high school man yeah that's Who true among us didn't I'm pretty sure my prom date farted on me <laughs> kidding kind of yeah I thought that was really weird too that's a part of the movie where 
in the first thing they have to like see who wants to get who can get the most signatures toward their plan to like end hunger or homelessness and basically the u.s team representing england makes all these like bribes and then they get the most signatures by like trading stuff like video games or snacks and then ireland who the hawkeyes on the team they are upset because they won by using these like outside rules and i was like i get it i would have been with them being like no i worked hard to explain my points and they just traded cheetos sure but guess what dina this is the real world you gotta so true i'm I'm pretty sure in the real united nations they bribe people using game boys as well Uh, well that's what i said um i said i would hate what they did for votes but accurate yeah but absolutely accurate yeah Oh, one thing I will say about the Hawkeye, Je- Jesse Spencer, mm-hmm. is I need someone to explain that dancing to me. Wow. Because <laughs> that was, it was Elaine Venice type dancing. <laughs> Truly, it was. <laughs> it was so weird. I like that they make him go to Eton College, which means at the time of this, he would have been a classmate of Prince Harry. I was going to say, I... <laughs> I got the impression, particularly during the polo scene, I was like, is this where all of our American girl obsession with British men and royalty and all that kind of stuff comes from? Because I really liked seeing it. Yeah. Fucking polo, man. Did I tell my London story on the podcast? I don't think so. Tell it. So when I went to London, I met a girl and then she was on a date and they were like, oh, come with us to this private club. And so I went with them to this like private club on my first night in London and just hung out with this girl on her date. And like, apparently, like, it's like this really exclusive one that like, the royalty are members of but that guy actually was a friend of Prince Harry's at Eton College. What? Yeah, that's incredible. I'm um, jealous. And that, and that girl ended up working for Parliament and took me and my dad on a private tour of Parliament. Oh my god. So I am like basically winning London except that I didn't get yeah, to what the fuck? hook up with the lord well when i was in london you know just to counter that just since we're sharing london stories when i was in london the guy that i was dating at the time he completely abandoned me in the middle of fucking london i got on a bus not realizing that i needed cash in order to get where i was gonna go so once the bus driver realized that i didn't have cash he kicked me off the bus and then i was just lost in the middle of london no idea without a working phone because my phone was dead and i just had to walk into a hostel beg for directions I was crying and it was terrible so that's not quite meeting a guy from Eaton but okay when I exited the club the concierge called me a cab and when I got in the cab I tried to use my card and the guy said oh no we only take cash and I said I only have two American dollars and he took it (gasps) incredible Okay, that makes me feel happier. Now that I think of it, shit, I'm pretty sure that I promised the bus driver that I would pay him, and he actually gave me his name and, like, address so I could pay him all the money, and I just realized I didn't pay him. Fuck. It's been 13 years. (laughs) (laughs) Track him down. God damn it. I'm such an asshole. Shit. Well, anyway, moving on to winning London. (laughs) I'm a professional. Let's talk about uh, London. Yes. So as we said, they did do a great job of promoting London more so than Passport to Paris or When in Rome. They did. But what I thought was weird, when they went to the Tower of London, I was like, oh, I wish I would have seen that. Like the guillotine spot and all that. But the other stuff, like when they're at Westminster Abbey and they apparently take this long cab ride across a bridge to Buckingham Palace when it's like a 10 minute walk, if that. And then they go from Buckingham Palace to Parliament, but Parliament's right across the street from Westminster Abbey. How dare you call them out like this? <laughs> I was just like, this seems really weird because you easily just could have written it like the person writing it just like wasn't looking at a map. Right. <laughs> They're like, and then they go over here. Yeah. Don't worry about it. We'll figure it out. I thought that was really weird. And then they go to the Globe Theater, which Dude. I went to. Yes. But they never mention that it's a replica. Okay. First of all, I didn't know that. So thank you. We're, we're all learning things on this podcast now. Second of all, when you went to the Globe Theater, were you able to pick up swords and have a fun little jaunty sword <laughs> fight in the middle of the fucking Globe Theater while the theme song for so little time plays in the background? Because like, that really struck me as strange. 
Yeah, they just get full reign of this theater. And then, like, they're like, oh, here are these swords. We're going to have a full-on fencing fight. And then I saw in the special features that they're like, oh, we trained for it the night before. That's <laughs> psychotic. The entire thing to me, I was like, what the fuck is going on here, guys? Yeah, it was super weird. But yeah, so I went to the Globe Theater and being that, like, I used to do Shakespeare pieces in high school, I was, like, really interested and then we start reading and we're like oh this is just a replica and then like we go over and like it's like really hard to find that it is that Mm -hmm. and then we like we walk to like the original spot of the globe theater and it's like literally like counting crows type it's a parking lot and there's just like a plaque that says like this is the site of the original globe theater so did it burn down what happened yeah i think it burned down Why wouldn't they rebuild it on the spot where it burned down? Yeah. Am I, am I an idiot? Or is that what you're saying? I'm more. Um, no, they, it's like <laughs> a couple blocks away. Oh, strange. Um, Shakespeare's Globe is the reconstruction of the Globe Theater. So the original theater was built in 1599, and then it was destroyed by a fire in 1613, rebuilt in 1614, and then demolished in 1644. So the original theater was only around for like, 15 years if that wow and then this one was built in 1970 okay well that's fucking weird i don't get you globe theater nope i really liked throughout the movie there's weird references to like british things and then there's also just like weird like british cultural things thrown in there yeah one of the things is the teacher from america is named mr holmes and then the teacher from Britain, who's basically like running the entire thing, she's called Miss Watson. I did not put that together at all. Well, no, I I got the Watson part, but I didn't I didn't pay attention to his name at all. Oh yeah, yeah. So basically, when they do the whole problem solving thing of like who should have China versus mm-hmm. like who should get you know Great Britain or United Kingdom, sorry. At the end, they like figure it out together, and then she sits down next to him and she goes, "Great problem solving, Mister Holmes," and he goes, "Elementary, Miss Watson." <laughs> I think I thought it was a joke and I didn't realize that was his actual name. I'm a dummy. So that part's great. And then also I really enjoyed the scene with the the cab driver where one of the two twins walks up to the cab driver and starts talking to him in like London fucking bloke British. So good, dude. And I'm not even going to do it. But then the final thing that I liked is, first of all, we must dissect this entire scene. At some point, they need to go look at hot Jesse Spencer. They need to go like visit with him or talk to him or something like that. And so, but they need to get into this exclusive men's club in Britain. So what do the twins do? They dress up like men, but not like actual men. They don't like actually look like men. They look like cute little like, uh, who was that singer in the 80s where like the women dress up like men? They look like that. They look like their, their hair is pulled back, whatever. Anyway, they walk into the club. They stop like the first old British man that they see. And they're like, oh, can you tell us how to get to, you know, whatever? And he's like, rum, 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 rum. <laughs> and then they actually add the subtitles where it's just him being like, rum, 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 rum. and I really enjoyed that because I was like, that's actually a pretty funny, a funny moment. Yeah, I really enjoyed all that. I wish I, I actually don't know if I would have loved or hated this if they would have done a scene revolving around like English food just because it is so specific. Right. Like, I feel like it probably would have revolved around that, like, re- well, they kind of did with the tea sandwiches with the redheaded guy. Mm-hmm. But there are things that I, so my mom actually just made it this week for the first time in, I don't know, probably like five years, which is like kidney over rice. Because she, her grandmother was from London or like England mm-hmm. and it's steak and kidney pie. And so my boyfriend's always like, why do you eat that, but you won't eat eggs? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. It's something I was raised with. And then I told my niece what I was eating and she asked what it was. And I fully explained what it was because I'm not going to hide from her. And she was like, oh, that sounds good. I'd eat that. I was like, you little psychopath. I love you. (laughs) I love that so much. That's incredible. Oh, speaking of which, small tangent, um, but uh, Drew and I are trying to eat vegetarian this week, so please send me over some recipes. Gladly. You know I love that. There is a montage that I really enjoy where they're wearing, like, weird futuristic clothes, which I can't even really, like, explain, except for it looks like they're wearing, like, pillows stuff. Did you watch the special features? 
I didn't. No, should I? There is an entire mini documentary with a really poorly voiceover about the fashion in this movie, and they Oof. talk about those outfits. I, I need to watch. I clearly, what I'm learning here is that I need to watch the special features in all yeah. movies. Obviously. I used to be such, like, with DVDs, I used to be so addicted to watching every single special feature. And now I bet, like, people are so mad about having to record voiceovers and everything because people just don't have access to it because nobody buys DVDs anymore. Uh They're like, what's the point? It's so sad. They talk about that the Olsen twins always really wanted to be, like, on the forefront of fashion in the movies, and they, like, go into, like, really specific detail of, like, which sunglasses to pick out, and, like, super weird. She's like, you see Mary-Kate's in this maroon top, and it was, like, clearly brown. But all in all, like, I guess we can get into the fashion report. This movie is, like, top-notch fashion. Definitely. Top-notch. Camel pea coats, um knit beanies weird pants boots like all of it i loved it from top to bottom it's just incredible but the coats this like the skinny scarves everything about it i truly an iconic film with iconic clothes they referred in the documentary they referred to mary kate's hair who played chloe they referred to it as a relaxed farrah faucet okay interesting um which i did not get at all I did really enjoy the how in this movie, this is probably as different as I've seen their hair, like yes. separately as the twins, you know? They're different lengths. Yep. Um, which very rarely happened. So Mary-Kate has a shorter, probably what would now be considered a lob, but it's curled, it's like flipped out, which was very of the time. Yes. And then Ashley has her typical curly hair that she had throughout, I think, most of these movies in like so little time. Exactly. Yeah. But this one particular scene is particularly strange. The way that they're wearing these very strange futuristic outfits. I just, I mean, I liked it as far as like a montage scene goes, but I was also kind of like, yeah, I didn't get it. Yeah. Is this what we know London for? Because I wouldn't have put that together. Yeah. I mean, I guess Herod's turned them down because Ah. like you would have thought that that would have been the like main hub of the shopping. Absolutely. I always really liked the London boy and his his uniform because it was just like a really slick suit looking. That dude can he can wear a <laughs> uniform. I'll say that much. Yeah, I also like really liked the cute little polo outfits. I was like, I want to wear a little polo outfit and seem like a little little polo girl. And I loved I loved that whole thing of like, <laughs> sorry, like the the most like heart wrenching scene in the movie. <laughs> is where she wins the polo match i guess she like scores the winning what would you call it goal she uh chastises them about how easy polo is as opposed mm-hmm. to american sports and he's like oh we'll try it so of course her and her sister just jump on horses and start playing polo which is the most frightening sport i know for a fact that i would injure myself gravely if i tried polo or hitting the horse's leg with a mallet. Oh, that makes me so sad. I didn't even want to think about that. That's so sad. Just so we're all clear, the guy that played Hot English Guy was well over 18 when making this. Yikes. So, um, no, just for our purposes that we're allowed to think he's cute. Okay, good, good, good. Thank you. <laughs> I was like thinking of the age difference between him and him and the girls, but yeah, you're right. We are allowed. He is seven years older. So he was like 21, 22, and they were 14 filming this. That makes me really uncomfortable, if I'm being honest. Yeah. But not for me. I think <laughs> he's cute. Yeah. <laughs> so, so on the polo thing, the, the part where it becomes like very heart-wrenching is where she starts to, she starts to really get like, she scores the winning goal and she's like, yeah, booyah, like I did it. How, you know, it's so easy, da 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 da. And then the, the guy, the British guy comes over to her on the horse and he's like, you know, he's basically like, well, I guess you won one thing today. Like, as in like, like she didn't win him or something. And then he like rides away. And then you could just tell that everybody's like really mad at her for celebrating. And I'm like, come on, guys, this is a little aggressive. Yeah, because she was supposed to be, um, or because they were judging them on their personalities or something like that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The whole, they were being like too American, too boastful type of thing i was kind of hoping at the end they wouldn't win 
Me too. I thought that that was weird that they that they basically were like, oh, well, no consequences. <laughs> yeah, I thought they should have learned that winning wasn't everything. Like, that was the lesson they were setting us up for the entire time. And I feel like it would have been just fine if they had gotten second or third with Chloe's speech. Yeah, but Dina, we're Americans. Winning is everything. Don't you know that? <sighs> That's true. So a couple more things. So they, at one point, one of the parts of the movie you know one of the final things that they have to do is that there's a a fake hostage situation so at one point all the kids are sitting (laughs) in the main hall and then two people come in wearing masks and they take two people as hostages one is the hot british guy and then the other is his counterpart one of the olsen twins which one you know me i don't know (laughs) but he takes them and all i could think in my head was like if this situation were reenacted today, don't you think that's a bit tone deaf? <laughs> yeah. Especially because this was made, like, post 9-11, and they are, let's see, I'm on the wiki right now. Actually, it's pre-9-11, never mind. Oh, yeah, right. It came okay. Out, yeah. Because otherwise, like, having people come in with fake guns to kidnap people. Also, in that scene, I just want to get to that the Ashley character has her first kiss with her childhood crush in a air conditioning vent. So, I mean, who among us hasn't had our first kiss in an air conditioning vent, you know? Just a dream atmosphere that we're all missing out on. A dream within a dream. One thing that this did remind me of, though, do you remember when we were in high school? And am I crazy or am I having a false memory? Do you remember when we were in high school and they did that whole thing against drunk driving? And they like came in and they were like, you're dead, you know? And then these kids who like, I guess, volunteered for it, they had to like pretend to be dead to the point where they were like taken away in an ambulance to like warn us against drunk driving. And didn't they have to go to like the police station or something? Yes, dude. I think that they like were taken to like a morgue and like- I was going to say that too. And I'm like, so only the, the kids that volunteered got the lesson? Yeah. And by the way, all the kids who volunteered were like the cool kids. And like, I mean, I guess maybe they needed to learn the lesson more than any of us. Yeah. It was fucking weird. I just remember that that so much. So Dina, I have a question for you. Yes. Do you know, and if you don't know, can you just please make something up? What is the connection between this movie and So Little Time? And I know that we touched upon this early on, but like, I truly don't understand why the names are the same, but they're switched. The fucking So Little Time song is used throughout the movie at multiple times. Obviously, most notably during the sword fighting scene in the non-Shakespeare Globe Theater. But also Mm -hmm. later on, parts of it are used as well. And also, didn't you just say that one of the characters is also in So Little Time? One of the not Mary-Kate and Ashley characters is also in So Little Time? Yeah, so uh, the love interest of... Ashley plays her love interest in So Little Time that we saw the guy that she was like trying to get detention for. So yeah, what the fuck, man? Maybe they just like the name so much that they were just like, let's just keep this going. Yeah, I I really don't know. Okay, well, in my head, just so you know, there this is all part of a very disturbing universe wherein Ooh. both of the Olsen twins have had severe head injuries and they are just really grappling with who they are as human beings, you know? And it's very much like Identity, the John Cusack movie, where all of these characters come together, but they're all the same person, um, just multiple personalities. And this is who I think the twins are. I just think that in this particular case, some wires got crossed. So for some reason, they are the same characters, but different names. In my head, this all makes sense. I don't care that I'm babbling. Also... You know, this there could be some sort of fantasy world, whereas I looked up what Lakeview was, and it is a small town in Riverside County, a la Paris, California, mm. um, which if you don't know the area, probably fine you don't. It's, you know, near, I think, where the Scientology has a lot of compounds that nobody knows about, very desert, yes, barren. Yes, yes. And so, of course, if you were in an alternate universe, you would imagine you went to high school in Malibu. Exactly. Wow. This is all starting to make so much sense. Um, I'm on a Bustle article right now written by Lindsay Cooper, and it's uh, 10 things or things I never noticed in winning London. 
Um, and one of them is that this is a first for Mary Kate where she gets the hotter guy. <laughs> Isn't that subjective? <laughs> wow. Yikes. Yeah. That's incredible. Well, I mean, I guess that's true. Yeah. There's a Harry Potter reference in this. Oh, yeah. There is a Harry Potter reference in this, which, I mean, I'm going to get into this in a second, but Ved was watching the latter half of the movie with me. Mm-hmm. And he, had, he had a lot to say. But one of the things was like, he was like, whoa, Harry Potter was around back then? And I was like, God, Ben, you're <laughs> fucking moron. Just I love incredible. that. So I, I have, speaking of Ved, I have a few more, um, few more Ved quotes for you. Love it. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod, Ved. Friend of me. Lives in my home, Ved. <laughs> he uh, watched only the last 15 minutes with me, but it was enough to get several Ved quotes. <laughs> So one of them is that when, um, who's the one with Jesse? Mary Kate. Mary Kate. So when Chloe, Mary Kate, gets the uh, letter from who she thinks is her Eaton friend, but who is actually his dad, she immediately is like, listen, I don't care anymore about the competition. I'm going to go meet him. And then Ped goes, she's smitten by a boy and she abandons everything for him. Why is that just like a woman? So I enjoyed that one. I mean, he's not wrong that like her lesson in this is like give up on schoolwork and go chase after the boy. It's the complete opposite of what Elsie taught us. In I know, dude. The Hills. I know, dude. Um, don't be the girl who didn't go to Paris. Yeah. Uh, my friend just, she works at um, the outlets near Palm Springs and she uh-huh. saw Lisa Love and she wanted more than anything to be like, I want to go to Paris because of you. Yes. I mean, trust me, I, I get that. That makes sense. Yeah. Who doesn't want to go to Paris? Um, so then when Chloe gets back and Riley is now giving the speech, the sort of like final major speech, and it's about, is there a place for the British monarchy in the 21st century? Ved goes, Ooh, someone's clairvoyant over here. (laughs) And then once she kind of started to defend the queen and was like, listen, like, you know, there's a place for the queen and all of us and all this stuff. And he goes, Oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which I really liked um, and then at the end when they announced the winners and obviously you know the United Kingdom or really the United States comes in first and then China quote in quotes comes in third that goes China got owned <laughs> and, <I was> like, <laughs> Jesus. and then finally during the outtakes which you know we can get into how yet again there are outtakes for this movie which aren't really outtakes but anyway Ved, Ved mutters during it he's like looking down because he's like sketching and doing art and he just mutters, this is stupid. <laughs> I was like, you've lost your mind. Love that. We need to have him back on the pod soon. Absolutely. I will say, I did not understand why that was a winning speech. Like, it was an okay speech, but yeah, was it a fine. winning speech? Um, but also, we need to get into, because we didn't talk about this last week, about, you know, truly how much people are um we we touched on it about how people are going back and because oprah did the harry interview i like researched it and we literally released our podcast a day before everybody got on oprah for the mary kate nashley interview so insane yeah what the fuck man also um we i sent this to whitney and this was during our week off that on us weekly there was an article about like what happened to the cast of so little time and i'm pretty sure nobody else even remembers that so little time existed and so i'm readily convinced that somebody at us weekly is listening to our podcast oh definitely somebody out there is definitely listening to our podcast and look you know what we don't mind it at all but credit the people who created this yeah have us on like, mm-hmm. we'll give you even more free content, probably. Oh, my God. We have so much content. It's just pouring out of us. Yeah. In a sick, gross way. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, I agree. That we, need to, we need to get some kind of credit because I keep seeing this over and over. So many things discussed that we discussed. And mm-hmm. there's only so many people out there discussing the Olsen twins week after week after week. And that's us. Yeah. That's basically us. I think that's it for me. That's it for me, too. Winning London. Or as I call it, London London Calling. I will call back London anytime. I enjoyed it. Highly recommend everyone. This was this was a good one. If you like if you like kids doing United Nations projects, this was a good one. Yeah. Should we get into pop culture recs? Yeah, let's do it. You go first. What's your pop culture rec, Dina? 
Oh, I watched Where the Heart Is with Natalie Portman, and that holds up. Oh, shit. Really? I was wondering about that. It's the movie where she gives birth to the Walmart baby, and there's, like, a weird love interest. Ashley Judd plays a woman with a lot of kids. Stalker Channing plays this, like, reformed, alcoholic, sex addict. It's just, it's just all good. Like, such a good book, too. Yes, it is. It's Oprah's book club, not to bring it back to her. Mm-hmm. Oh, I also, speaking of London, actually, um, I watched this Netflix series on the Royal House of Windsor, and I didn't know this, but the House of Windsor as, like, a royal entity is, like, basically only, like, a 100 years old. Oh. And so it takes you through all the kings and the abdication, and it it's only six parts, and the last part is entirely about Charles, like, post-Diana. And his kind of entry into being king. And I have a lot of thoughts about him. And so um, that was really interesting. So if you are interested in the royal family, highly recommend that. And then last, but certainly not least, is that I finally started Real Housewives of Salt Lake. And I'm so sad that I've been sleeping on this because as if you know me, you know one of my like main interests of life is Mormon culture. And the fact that this combines Real Housewives and Mormon culture, it's just, it's supreme. Right? Isn't it so good? I love how every single week, I think it's Heather, will always bring it back to like her Mormon culture and her being divorced and all this other stuff. And I'm like, Heather, I love that you can't let it go. Yeah. Just like chef's kiss of a of a reality yes housewife stellar first season stellar literally if you have if you are into any of the real housewives and you have not watched salt lake city i demand that you get on board immediately because jen shaw is in legal trouble it's going to make for a great second season we just can't wait yes and whitney has been gracious enough to stand by me through this (laughs) this trying time yeah and so i love it um, what about you? Um, I have one pop culture recommendation this week, which is not, is really unexpected. So I sometimes will put stuff on just to kind of like test the waters with bed because he doesn't like everything that I watch. Mm-hmm. We only have one TV. So and I'm probably the person who likes to watch TV a little bit more than he does. But the other day I put on I was working out. I like to work out in front of the TV. I like to watch bad shows while I work out because it's very nice to be distracted from how I am feeling bodily while I'm working out. Completely understand. Right? (laughs) I mean, I just once I like know the workout routine, I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to watch the shittiest. Usually it's like Summer House or Below Deck Sailing Yacht or something. Mm hmm. I had already watched those for the week, so I was looking for something else. Um, So I put on the TV show Community, which I haven't seen since I watched the first season, you know, more than a decade ago. So I put it on, and then I kind of like had it, you know, up loud, and Ved heard it from the other room, and Ved agreed to watch it. And so we've been re-watching it, long story short, and it's so fucking good, and it's so funny, and I would highly recommend, even if you watched it before, I would recommend a rewatch, because I feel like it's only gotten more funny like as time has gone on i have only seen i saw i think we watched the first season like last year but i haven't seen all of it like i never watched it and i don't know why but i really do not like allison brie oh yeah i don't blame you neither does that especially after there was like the whole bojack horseman controversy and all that stuff but i need to give it another try definitely do and then i just wanted to touch on like pop culture stories with you yes. just really quick um, that you and I have kind of talked about off offline where the Duke of um, will not be coming back to Bridgerton and we both think that is hilarious because we didn't really care for Bridgerton I have 20 minutes left in the last episode and I never finished it and I just didn't care to I just turned it off yeah, I think I'm stuck on, like, the seventh episode or something. Right after they got into, like, the really intense sex stuff. For some reason, now I love sex. I know that this is an Olsen Twins podcast. <laughs> but for some reason, I just didn't find it to be, like, realistic and or interesting. So then I was just kind of like, what the, what am I doing? Yeah. Like, this isn't, like, for me, basically. And I just really enjoyed watching all the freak out about it. Yes, exactly. Me too. 
And then the other pop culture one is kind of like a, a basis of like our apology analysis. But did you hear about the Rachel Hollis stuff? I did. It took me a little bit because I I basically learned about it after it was like all done. Mm-hmm. So I didn't learn about it like while it was going on. But so today I finally like read like a summary article of everything and I was like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. So I don't really know her. I just know of her because I know she writes a lot of like pro kind of like a lot of stuff that's used in MLM uh, or multi-level marketing stuff. Like they use her quotes a lot. Mm -hmm. And I always see her books when I'm looking on like Kindle for a new one. And I'm like, I don't want to wash my fucking face. Shut up. And so apparently if you don't know, she talked about, and correct me if I'm wrong, she talked about um, the fact that there was a woman cleaning her house and she referred to her as the woman that cleans her toilets. Yep. And then people got mad about that, obviously. And then mm-hmm. she went on a video and said, oh, is it because there's a woman that cleans my toilets? Am I not relatable? Well, guess what? I'm not relatable. Harriet Tubman wasn't relatable. Malala wasn't relatable. And, like, people are like, are you seriously comparing yourselves to those, like, inspirational women and like completely missing the point yep that's exactly what she did and then she releases an apology on the notes app and then completely misses the point again and says and tries to analyze why people are mad at her again and then tries to say that she wanted to apologize before for the video but her team told her not to so this woman that completely talks about owning like, your own narrative is like, oops, my team told me not to. And, like, yeah, just dude. pushes her team under the bus. Um, So, all in all, that's just a big fail for her on all fronts. I'm also, like, biased because a lot of the body, positive body neutral people I follow, apparently in one of her books wrote that you should not be friends um, with people in larger bodies because Wait, they, are, they are clearly of a moral failing. What? Yeah. Ugh, I hate But her. I haven't verified that, but that's what somebody said, that she has that point of view. First of all, it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me at all. Second of all, like, there's something that I really, really hate, and I get that this is, like, trendy, and I get all of this. I hate when people make money off of pretending to be, like, your best friend, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I hate, like, like, all of her books are like, girl, stop apologizing. Girl, wash your face, you know? And I'm like, yeah. fuck you like this might be where i'm just like a misanthrope but when i see this woman's face <laughs> i do not like it i think i don't think that she looks very nice and i i just don't like i hate that whole faux friendly thing i hate it i hate that people are making money off of it because it's always people like this this is what she says one of the most offensive sections in her books involves weight she slams women for being overweight making a failure to lose weight saying it's not just a health issue but also a moral failure Consider how she describes a friend she asks the reader to imagine who loses weight but gains it back. Y'all, would you respect her? Would you count on Pam or the friend who keeps blowing you off for stupid reasons? Would you trust them when they've committed to something? Would you believe them when they said they committed to you? No. Or she calls being overweight equivalent to settling for a half-lived life. And not to mention, by the way, also, I mean, on top of all of that, so this is, you know, already that's that's plenty for us to just... I'm yeah. anti-cancel culture, but let's let's cancel her. <laughs> I'm anti-cancel culture, but clearly she doesn't need a platform and should Absolutely. reassess her public opinions on matters. A hundred percent. And even, I just hate that, again, like, I'm very happy in my relationship with Bed, but I would never try to sell us as, like, a couple that you should emulate or follow, or I would never try to, like, monetize our relationship. Oh, I'm currently trying. If anybody <laughs> wants to sponsor my wedding, please. All right, I take back everything that I'm just about to say, but it also bothers me when couples are really big on offering tips and tricks and really big on selling and monetizing their relationship as something that you should emulate because Mm. relationships are hard, relationships are difficult. They're all different. Exactly, they're all different, all situations are different, but like, as this chick found out when she fucking is getting a divorce in the midst of having, like, you know, having offered like self-help courses and shit with her husband that she's now divorcing it's just kind of one oh, of those really? things where it's like yeah dude that's the other part of it 
is that Ooh. she and her husband are mid getting divorced and she put out a book that she basically had to write like an addendum to or sorry she's putting out a book about it and it's like called didn't see that coming putting life back together when your world falls apart mm. so now she's monetizing that part wow eat pray love literally <laughs> i put rachel hollis divorce in google and the first article that pops up is from jacksonvillemom.com and it's just the headline actually rachel hollis we all saw that coming <laughs> that's really good actually <laughs> yikes and then the final piece of Olsen twins gossip is that Dan Levy wore the row last night at the SAG Awards oh really yeah so I'll send you the link but he wore a nice cream cream dream as he calls it a custom cream dream courtesy of the row so it's on his Instagram if anybody wants to go look cute cute right um, and then there's also a a random article about how uh, TikTok gives light to Bob Saget controversies. And I guess one of the controversies is about inside Bob Saget's inappropriate relationship with the Olsen twins. So <laughs> I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna, oh God. Okay, well, never mind. I will talk about one thing, which is that I guess Saget admitted to groping a practice doll that he would use in place of Mary Kate and Ashley while rehearsing for Full House. So, you know, that's mm. gross, certainly gross, but. Yeah, that's the Olsen news. <laughs> Gross, but I think that that's it. Well, um, thank you everyone for listening. Um, please tell us your thoughts on winning London, um, and also this podcast. Um, I still resent all of you for not rating the podcast. Yeah, you guys can't be the dudettes if you're not rating us and reviewing us. So rate and review, do that. If you would like to purchase the Winning London DVD, I recommend that you don't patronize Amazon. I recommend that you go to barnesandnoble.com. Yes. And yeah, that's it. So thanks for listening. Have a wonderful week and be well. And we'll talk to you next week. Wear Bye. your clap hands. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>